Here we go. You're listening to Law and Gospel on this Friday, February the 9th, in the year of our Lord 2024. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and we're going to be talking about something that is becoming more common, not only in the world, but also in the United States, as a lot of people want to think about God in the way they invent God. And a lot of times they become agnostics. The word agnostic simply means somebody who doesn't know that God exists. And one of the great British agnostic philosophers, Bertrand Russell, was once asked, because he didn't believe that God exists, what would he say to God if he discovered the Creator did, in fact, exist? You know what his reply was? Quote, I'd say, why didn't you give me enough evidence to believe? Unquote. Now, that's a really interesting answer. He didn't have enough evidence in order to believe. But you see, that's the difference between the world and Christianity. The world will only believe something if they have evidence for it. In contrast to Christianity, who believes because we have been granted faith. For example, what evidence is there that Moses opened the Red Sea for Israel to cross over on dry ground? And then when the Egyptians had tried to follow them, they were drowned. We don't have any evidence. We only have the word of God. And if you don't believe the word of God, then you don't have faith to believe. See, this is where the agnostic runs into problems. He wants evidence for everything. And there really is no evidence for Christianity. What? Are you saying that there's no evidence that Jesus lived or that he died? Well, no, we can say that there are other, shall we say, documents in history that talks about Jesus living and dying. But there's no evidence that he died to forgive your sins. The only evidence that we have that his death resulted in the forgiveness of your sins is the word of God. And therefore, all uh, agnostic or an atheist is, 
is someone who rejects the faith that has been given by the Holy Spirit. They don't believe. Has nothing to do with evidence. There's so much we believe. We believe in a Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. For the atheist, there's no evidence for that because you can't see him, you can't touch him, you can't speak to him. But for the Christian, there's plenty of evidence because he speaks to us in his holy word. And we believe because we have been given faith. Bertrand Russell, the agnostic, in his later years, nevertheless assailed God and religion during his lifetime writing. He wrote, I am as firmly convinced that religions do harm as, they, as I am that they are untrue. Now, would we Christians agree or disagree with that statement? I think we would agree with it. There are many religions that do more harm than good. In fact, most religions, especially outside of Christianity and even within Christianity, teach that you're saved by your good works. If that isn't doing harm to the Christian religion, I don't know what is. As people struggle to do good works in order to merit salvation, without realizing that they don't merit salvation, but they inherit salvation. It's a gift from God. So when I take a look at a lot of religions, even in, within the Christian framework, many of them have untrue statements which results in great harm. For example, there are denominations that do not believe in the baptism of infants, and therefore they don't baptize infants. How will that result on Judgment Day? There are even Christian religions that don't believe that when you receive the Lord's Supper, you're receiving the very true body and blood of Christ. And therefore, you can see what happens to such people in 1 Corinthians 11 as they reject the word of God. So we don't get somebody to believe the Christian message by giving them evidence. The evidence is there. In fact, in Romans 1, the very fact that there is a creation and it is so complicated, so beautiful, 
and has so many parts that a lot of people just say, there must be a God. Because how can there not be a God with this kind of a creation? And yet that doesn't still convince them that that same God saved them from their sins or gave them the righteousness of salvation. This is what I mean, that most religions do great harm because they have parts that are quite untrue. When you first read Russell's short work, Why I Am Not a Christian, you will be surprised to see a man of his intellect use such rudimentary and flimsy arguments against God. His matter of attack was to pile weaker contentions on top of already weak arguments. And he thought that that would somehow mold a firm foundation, which would then let him comfortably exhale believing, thinking he had won his battle against God. But Russell's text is instead a classic case of evasion tactics used to escape and avoid something you don't want to be true. And when it comes to evading Jesus, there are all sorts of methods people imply. Some play dodgeball with Christianity. Nobody describes how atheists evade Jesus better than Canadian philosopher Charles Taylor, an atheist himself, as he writes in his book, A Secular Age. Taylor defines the process of the atheist as the subtraction theory. He says atheists go through when they subtract from their thinking any supposed superstition, ignorance, authoritarianism, or something else they believe to be irrelevant or non-material to critical thinking. Because critical thinking needs to have evidence and they don't believe that Christianity has such evidence and therefore is not part of critical thinking. Taylor admits that the problem with the subtraction theory is that all thinking that is non-religious is the only legitimate starting point of adult instruction. One explanation for life among many. And moreover, 
because religion cannot prove its position. It is a faith-based belief system. Well, I, I agree with Taylor. When one rejects the faith that can be given by the Holy Spirit to believe the unbelievable, then one understands why Christianity is denied by many people. It's not that Christianity is untrue, but the way that they approach what is true and what is not true destroys faith. In other words, it's really foolish for unbelievers to say, as an atheist, I believe we are not alone in the universe. I believe that there are other life forms out there. That's what an atheist can say. And then dismiss the Bible because it says exactly the same thing. Of course, the other life forms out there include the Holy Trinity and human beings who are of a sinful nature. Unfortunately, those unbelievers will not acknowledge any revelations without evidence, but they launch into red herring onslaughts designed to give them any big reason whatsoever to evade the big issue with Jesus. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5, the Apostle Paul describes a person like this as, quote, having a morbid interest in controversial questions and disputes about words out of which arise envy, strife, abuse of language, evil suspicions, and constant friction between men of depraved mind and those deprived of the truth. That's the summary of 1 Timothy chapter 6. But the fact is, even an agnostic knows what they are trying to avoid. Even no fan of religious, Aldous Huxley admitted, most ignorance is vincible ignorance. What does he mean by that? We don't know because we don't want to know. It is our will that decides how and upon what subjects we will use our intelligence. There are many ways that 
people invade Christ. For example, those concerned with financial materialism stiff-arm Jesus with the same excuse as the man that Luke tells us about who was more concerned about his ancestral inheritance than when Christ called him. It's in Luke 9, verse 59. And Jesus said to another, follow me. Now, we'll recall that the early disciples, Matthew and others, when they heard the command, follow me, left all that they were doing, their tax collecting, their fishing, and they followed Jesus. But what did this financial materialistic person say? Lord, grant me first to go and bury my father. That's Luke 9, verse 59. So those who think that religion is possible are like the Pharisees and Sadducees of Jesus' day. They disqualify themselves because it doesn't fit with their biased, man-made, presuppositional mold. What does that mean? Well, that certainly is happening in the United States today. Whatever the excuse, the awful thing when unbelievers play evasion games with Jesus is they really amount to an eternal Russian roulette with a round in every chamber. Remember what the Russians would do they would put a bullet in each chamber, flip the chamber around, and then have a person shoot the bullet in their head. And hopefully they would keep missing the chamber. But when unbelievers use excuses to deny Jesus, they have a bullet in every chamber. Jesus says, unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. That's John 8, 24. There is no evidence that we can give to an unbeliever that Jesus is who he is except the word of God. And when the word of God is preached or taught, the Holy Spirit can provide the faith to believe that holy word. And therefore there is no need for evidence 
because faith believes that he is who he says he is, and we will not die in our sins. Here's what Peter declares in Acts chapter 3. Moses said, The Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. To him you shall give heed to everything he says to you. And it will be that every soul that does not heed that prophet shall be totally destroyed from the among the people. In other words, ducking Jesus now is hazardous to your eternal health later on. C.S. Lewis, in his essay, Man or Rabbit, says this, The man who remains an unbeliever for his reasons is not in a state of honest error. He is in a state of dishonest error. And that dishonesty will spread throughout all his thoughts and actions. A certain shiftiness, a vague worry, worry in the background, a blunting of his whole mental edge, and he will lose his intellectual virginity. To evade what the Son of Man is and what he says, to look the other way is to pretend you haven't noticed him and you are suddenly absorbed in something on the other side of the street to leave the receiver off the telephone because it might be he who is ringing us up to leave unopened certain letters in strange handwriting. In the Greek, the Hebrew, the Aramaic, because they might be from him. You may not be certain, yet whether you ought to be a Christian, but you do know you want to be your own person. Simply put, eternity is an awfully long time to be wrong especially when you know deep down that you're staring the truth of Jesus Christ in the face. So we listen to Christians who write many articles on the basis of the word of God. 
And when we read those articles, and especially when we read the Word of God, the Holy Spirit does not supply evidence for us to believe what we are reading, but supplies us with faith. And what is faith? Faith is to believe the promises as found in the Bible. Promises throughout the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. Promises such as in Isaiah, where God reveals that he has laid the iniquity of us all upon the shoulders of his son, Jesus Christ. That's a promise. And that promise is fulfilled at the cross when Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. This weekend may be a wonderful opportunity for you to attend church and hear more about Jesus' glorious appearance on the Mount of the Transfiguration. Tune your ears in and you will hear the word of God. And the more you hear the word of God, faith can occur as it did even in unbelieving Pharisees in Jesus' day. Remember Nicodemus and also the rich Pharisee who gave Jesus his tomb to have his body laid in it, Joseph of Arimathea. They came to faith because they heard the word of God and faith was given to them by the Holy Spirit. That faith is the evidence that every Christian has as we acknowledge that Jesus is our Redeemer. He is our Savior. He is the one for which we believe with the faith given to us by the Holy Spirit. More on Law and Gospel on Monday at 9.30. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. Join us then. God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check out to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod.
If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.